What's up? Welcome to 3AM Sports. It is Wednesday, November 13th. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to rate and review. Go out and subscribe. Also, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All that good stuff. You guys know where we are. Uh, we got a big show today. So we're going to talk about Ohio State's Chase Young being suspended. Huge week of college football has just come and gone. Two very big games that we're going to talk through. And then we got the second week, <clears throat> excuse me, of the rankings. So before we do anything, let's check in with the boys. Nick Carge, what's going on? Nothing. Uh, uh, awesome weekend of football last week and looking forward to a, a good uh, weekend of football um, this week as well. Uh, that, that was definitely last Saturday was definitely the best football we've seen all year um, from like a spreads and just good matchups and games on the line kind of scenarios. So I'm hoping for the same this upcoming weekend. Yeah, we're finally starting to get into the meat of the depth of the conference schedules here and getting towards the playoff scenarios and conference division title scenarios and who plays who when, who clinches what when. So best best time of the year here coming up at the at the end of uh, November and into this early December. I feel like the Alabama and LSU game is always like the point of the season where you start to think, oh, this is serious. These games really matter. A loss at this point is so bad for a team. Like, losses so, before so this, bad. you can get over, but not at this point. Like, there's not that many games left. No. No, there's Which three. Which is mind-blowing. I mean, it's nuts, yeah. Which is mind-blowing. Yeah. Makes me sad a little bit. Hmm. Um, so, uh, do you guys want to recap the games, or do you go right into records? Let's talk what records. Let's get it over with. Okay, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lop, Lop didn't want this. Lop wants to rip off the Band-Aid here. So mm-hmm. Carger wins um, the week uh, with a four and four record on a tie break. I also a wins a wins a win. A it wins is a win. I know. wins a win. I, hey man, the karma of us being mean to you last week has paid off in in spades. So uh, yep. I also went four and four, lost obviously to Carger on the tie break, and then Lonely Lop at the bottom went two and six. Um, rough week for you, buddy. But uh, that brings his overall record to forty five and forty three. Um, I am 42 and 46, and uh, with the win, Carger is 36 and 52. Yeah, I do have um, that still. I'm hanging on to a win there, so I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick to that. Uh, so I believe you're the overall leader. Uh, so uh, uh, interesting week. Uh, definitely, you guys could be mean to me today if that means I get to win a week for once. Yeah, for sure. Carge, congrats. How's it feel? Uh, it feels good to finally get a win. Uh, it was, you know, it's late in the season. I think I finally got an understanding of what's going on in college football. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come. I'll that just remind you, it was just four and four. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. But hey, I got the number right. So you Hey, know. I, you know, betting is hard. And I, I think I said this a couple of times. So we, we were together all day Saturday and watched basically all the games I couldn't be more wrong about that Penn State-Minnesota game. Um, let's just maybe jump right in to the games. That game was just, I mean, Penn State or Minnesota scores that first touchdown in the first quarter. And you think, oh, you know, kind of fluky. It was a pass that the defensive back like made a play on the ball and kind of fell over. And then the wide receiver ran in the end zone basically untouched or uncontested. And you kind of thought as somebody who's cheering for Penn State that this was a fluke and we'd get right back into it. And it just never happened um, until the very end when Minnesota just kind of started letting Penn State creep back into it. But I'm impressed by Minnesota. I mean, I think they played well. Their offense looked pretty good relative to 
what we've been talking about and who they've been playing. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on on that game and, and the way that Minnesota played? Yeah, I uh, I was thoroughly impressed with Minnesota. I was also just disappointed in Penn State. I thought they have a little more fight in them. Uh, I think that this, like, kind of what we said last week, Minnesota, when, when uh, they won, when they beat Penn State, we said, well, where do they put them at? And I said nine um, in the rankings just because they still have to play um, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Northwestern, I believe it's Northwestern. Um, and I think those, uh, well, two out of three of those are very losable games. So if Minnesota keeps winning, you know, props to them. They, they completed the first step on Saturday, and uh, I was very impressed. Yeah, they got everything to play in front of them. I think, I, I mean, I alluded to it when I picked them. I said they're going to have all the momentum in the world. College game day is there. The stadium's going to be hype. They haven't had a game like this magnitude at their stadium in so long. And and I was even skeptical. My, my best thought was that, hey, they come out firing. They keep it close in the first half. Maybe they even have a lead at the halftime and just hold off Penn State, and Penn State pulls off a, a late-time victory. But um, very impressive for them to go in there and look like they did. Uh, I I think that's that's the best Minnesota team that, that I've seen play probably, you know, ever watching watching them play in Wisconsin, you know, for many years back. So I'm very curious to see how they handle the upcoming weeks now that they are kind of have a target on their back, if you will, being ranked where they are and actually have some pressure as, as being, you know, looked at as, as a possible playoff contender. Yeah. They, game day was in LSU, by the way. Or, excuse me, Tuscaloosa. Um, but my, my biggest takeaway, and I think we all talked about this at some point on Saturday, was you could tell that P.J. Fleck – is a coach that gets the most out of his players. So Minnesota might not have kind of the, the best roster or the most, you know, athletic players on the field, but they're disciplined. They don't give up huge plays really, as we, we typically saw in, in that Penn State game. And they just kind of performed well. And it's it, it really it was a big difference from past past Minnesota teams, I think, where you always expect Minnesota to just kind of shut down or make a you know, throw a pick six or just kind of collapse and that didn't happen um they tried i feel like penn state was back into that game obviously at the end maybe some poor coaching um with you know going for fourth down at at some point that potentially didn't need to you could have kicked a field goal there were some kind of suspect calls i think one more thing maybe to touch on though um i reached out for comment to our uh to our nittany lion fan zach our uh our um very loyal listener so a, a rambling amount of texts but to sum it up i think his point was minnesota is confirmed not bad penn state coaches are not the brightest so his thought is penn state just keeps winning you beat ohio state you win out you get minnesota again in the big 10 championship and you get a chance to go to the playoff so from the penn state perspective that's kind of their thought process and i mean i agree they still have a chance they need to play better but there's a chance so Agreed. Yeah, how how are college coaches just that bad with time management? And it's not just it's not just James Franklin. We we see it all over the place, and we even see it at the NFL level. I mean, not to kind of bring that into it, but I, I just don't understand how these coaches who have an unlimited amount of resources at their disposal can struggle that much with time management on when to kick a field goal, when to call a timeout, all those types of things. Like you're wearing a freaking headset with ten guys in your ear up in the booth. 
Like, how is there right. not a guy, a math guy up there, like, ch- f- punching the numbers? Right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Just a bunch of kick the field goal. Kick the field goal now. We'll play defense. We'll have time to get the ball back with. We'll have a, a minute 45, let's say, to get the ball back um, if we go f- make them go three and out. I mean, and, if you're a head coach and that's what you hear, that should be no brainer. And, and Cards, you said not to pick on James Franklin, but if you ask Penn State fans and you ask people that follow that program, he's, he's a serial uh clock management terror like he does he does this yeah. often at the end of games so you got to believe i mean if, if you're james franklin don't you go out and just hire a clock guy like you're the guy <laughs> stay in my ear tell me what to do do we have a chance if we kick a field goal here can we still make a couple stops i mean it's got to be priority one at, at the end of these games and it just it didn't seem like it was would you just strange would you quit your job and become penn state's yep. clock guy for 100 grand a year yeah 100 uh, grand a year. 50 grand Ooh. Well, with the revenue we're pulling in on the side with this podcast, yeah, for sure, I would say. I mean, are they are they, are they paying like ex- travel expenses and whatnot? Because then, absolutely, get all that free everything media. that a coach everything that a coach yeah. gets. Yeah, like get to go to all the games, get to go to practices. Yep. I'm in. So, like you get an Xbox at like the Sugar Ray Leonard Bowl. Sugar Ray. I don't know why Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> Sugar came Ray out, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, all right. Yeah, for sure. The- yeah. Move on to the LSU-Alabama game of the century, number two, I think is what they were calling it. Um, I think it kind of lived up to that hype. I, I was very impressed with LSU. I'll kind of let you guys like take it from here, but I'm I'm glad LSU finally got the win. Very happy for that program. Very happy for Coach O. Uh, they looked really freaking good. Yeah, I, I think my takeaway was Joe Burrow. As you, know, you, you watch these college shows and the analysts are talking, Joe Burrow to everyone seemed calm and collected in an atmosphere that wasn't anything but calm. Um, playing at Alabama with those lights going crazy, those lights are just nuts in these stadiums this year. But he just looked like he was, you know, just doing his thing. It seemed to come very easy for him in that offense. Um, and it was just very impressive that he did that, especially against Alabama and especially on the road. They, Alabama stayed in it, and it was a, a close game at the end. It came down to it. And a high-scoring game, but you know Joe Burrow never really lost that composure, and that was the most impressive thing to me. Yeah, I uh, I was really nervous. I, I, I we were pulling for LSU hard. Uh, Joe Burrow obviously looked fantastic. I actually faded myself right when the game started um, and took Alabama, just because I was like, this this it has to be the same, and Bama's gonna win. Coach O hasn't beat up like it's 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 going to be more of the same. Um, and LSU proved us wrong. They they played a phenomenal game and they they look like they're the real deal. Carge, anything else to chime in? I mean, I think the takeaway is these two teams are both good and and to be in consideration going forward potentially. But I think LSU proved that they're the the best team in the nation with this game with this win. Yeah, I would agree. Um, how long does Joe Brady stay at uh, LSU? The, the offensive coordinator that uh, Ed Ogeron brought in from the New Orleans Saints, and if he stays, does he become the richest <laughs> assistant coach in the country? Yeah, maybe. To me, the the key, and it's been proven this year, is quarterback play. They haven't had a kid yeah. that can, can sling the ball like Burrow, and you get that. I mean, you're going to have athletes at LSU. You got Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham playing on the same team at LSU. I mean. There are dudes all over the field for LSU. It's just nobody can get them the ball, it seems like, in the past you know, eight to ten years. And so you bring in right. somebody that can, and it just changes the whole dynamic. And, of course, a new offensive coordinator. So 
Yeah, that guy could have any job that he wants, probably. And as much money as he wants. Some guys just like being assistant coaches. They're like offensive coordinators. Like, I, like sorry, Lop, but Freddie Kitchens should be an offensive coordinator, not a head oh, coach. Oh, no. I'm leading that parade. I'm with you. Yeah, he's trash. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. I, I think let's let's jump into uh, let's get past the Browns talk, please, and let's talk about let's just go into the um, the rankings first before we talk about Chase Young, since we're kind of on this subject. So the new rankings came out. There was some shift, obviously, with Penn State and Alabama, who were both in the top four, um, losing. So the rankings as they stand right now are LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia are the top four. And then we have Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Minnesota, Penn State, and Oklahoma rounding out the top 10. So I guess just to kick things off, um, any kind of main thoughts on this, Cards, starting with you? Uh, I like it. I mean, I think LSU deserved to jump Ohio State with the win at Tuscaloosa. Um, I, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters who between those two who's one and two. I mean, I guess when it, it, it will matter more when you decide who's three and four because of the matchups but obviously moving up Clemson was the right move number four was debatable I said I thought it was going to be Georgia moving back there's a case to be made for Alabama still um I mean there's still a case to be made for Minnesota Oregon possibly has a better chance to get in that mix besides you I think more than Utah but there's there's a lot that's going to kind of I hate to say it but play itself out here but I I'm okay with the way they stand as of today yeah, I, I have similar sentiments. I mean, Minnesota controls their own destiny. If they win out, I think they swap with Georgia. I think Georgia and Alabama is kind of interchangeable. Um, I I would argue that Alabama has a better loss to LSU. LSU is the better team. Um, I'm totally fine with LSU jumping over Ohio State as um, obviously they have better wins on their resume. And Ohio State, we don't really know who they are. They haven't really played anybody yet. Um, so, you know, putting in that too is fine. Uh, and obviously I could see Oregon sliding in there. Um, especially if, you know, Minnesota drops out or Georgia or Bama loses another game. So, um, but I'm, I'm actually a hundred percent okay with, with the setup right now. Yeah. I mean, me too. It, there's not too much that you can really do or too much more you can ask for from a rankings at this point in the season. Things are going to play themselves out a little bit more. The one thing that I think I was most interested to see or the two things coming into the rankings themselves were how high does Minnesota go and then who do they put at that number four, five, six range? Um, Because I think the Minnesota point is important that they're still outside the top seven. They're sitting at eight because that tells me that the committee is not just saying, "Okay, you haven't lost yet, so we're going to put you up there. Right. They're really looking at the the product on the field. Um, and comparing the teams and then looking at the resumes and seeing who, who the better team is based on certain metrics and things like that. Um, the other thing is, again, I think Alabama and Georgia still have a chance to, to be in that top four. The SEC is one of the stronger conferences, obviously, and winning an SEC championship is very important. My question to you, um, I kind of don't understand why LSU wasn't number one last week, but I guess that's a point for a different conversation. If Alabama beats LSU, do they jump to number one, or is Ohio State still at number one? Ohio State's still number one. You think? I, I think so, too. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. That, see, that's why I don't understand why, and I agree with that, but why then 
to me, LSU should have been number one last week. Like, I don't fully understand. Um, I don't know. I guess it just doesn't they, make a ton I think of sense they proved, to me. I think, they, I think they proved the hype. Yeah. Do you think there's some of that, like, every year LSU kind of loses one of these games thought going on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they're like, I don't know. I just think Ohio State's been as dominant as they were. And, and don't get me wrong, LSU's had probably by far the more tougher, tough schedule. But they've also kind of – I mean, they haven't dominated anyone. And, and, and obviously that has to do with level of competition. But um, Ohio State was beating people soundly when they were winning. And I, I think uh, LSU was winning these games, but they – you know, the tougher teams that they played, they won, but they didn't blow anyone out by 21, 28, 35 points. I mean, Ohio State hasn't lost a game by what, under 24 points, I think it is, or something like that. Yeah, so something I, like I that. think that's, I think that's to be said for itself in that aspect. But I, I think with the win at, at Alabama, obviously they deserve to jump them and, and nothing, no harm against Ohio State. They can still, I mean, they can still be fine at the number two spot and, and went out and, and be fine. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Karch, talk us through the scenario. What's your playoff scenario here for us today? Okay, so the one the one scenario I want to talk through today is the the main thing here is we're looking at the Georgia is at number four right now. So if they continue to win out, they will represent the SEC East in in the SEC championship game, likely going up up against LSU if LSU continues to win out. If Georgia upsets LSU in the SEC championship game, Ohio State wins out, clinching the Big Ten, they're obviously in. Clemson wins out, they're obviously in. What happens then? Because then you have a one-loss LSU, you have a one-loss Georgia, who was who's lost to, to South Carolina at home. Then you have possible potential one-loss Oregon winning the Pac-12, and then you have a possible one-loss Oklahoma winning the Big 12 championship at that point. Who do you guys put two or three and four in that scenario? For me, I have to put Georgia as the SEC champ, one loss, and LSU. Um, to me, I guess it kind of depends on the way that Oklahoma finishes the season. Oklahoma has looked strong defensively until the past two games, and they've given up, I think, 40 points in each of the past two games. So I, I don't know really what who to, what to make of Oklahoma defensively, and I think that their offense is strong, but their defense is not championship level. So I kind of have them on the back burner until they prove me wrong. Oregon, on the other hand, um, their one loss is an incredibly late – um, heroics type loss to Auburn for the first game of the season. So I think they have the better chance of the Oklahoma and Oregon, but still I just have LSU um, in this scenario with the resume that they have uh, being the better team and going ahead of Oregon there. Yeah, I, I agree. LSU's uh, I, I would have LSU in as well in the fourth spot. Uh, I They just have a tougher schedule. I think strength of schedule um is better and if georgia obviously georgia would move down to like one or two so their one loss would be to georgia um oregon's one loss to auburn who's ranked like 13 right now or something like that um so i i i'd say it's a more quality loss if if that scenario did happen so i have lsu over oregon or even utah or something like that and, yeah and, and, and I oklahoma even, especially yeah I, I even think like depending on how clemson looks against wake forest this week 
if that scenario plays out and Clemson kind of struggles to get by but still goes undefeated and wins the ACC, I could see LSU being like three in this scenario and Clemson being four. I don't think they respect Clemson very much, and they, they haven't played right. anybody, and they don't. So it's – well, that's that's I guess that was where I was going to follow up is is I'm OK with what you guys said. Obviously, I, I kind of agree with that. But do you I don't want it to be I don't want LSU and Georgia to play in the SEC championship game only to put them again in the same in the college football play have to play each other again and do one verse four. So yep. I think you would put so I think you would put Ohio, if Ohio State were to win out, I think they would deserve the number one seed. So I yeah. think you'd go Ohio State one. You'd bump Georgia up to two. Clemson, you would leave at three, saying they won out, and then you'd put LSU at four. So you'd have Ohio State versus LSU and Georgia versus Clemson as your <sighs> as your four matchups, which <laughs> which Fuck, I don't think tough. would be fair. I don't think that'd be fair to LSU and Ohio State because, in my opinion, I think those are the two best teams in the country. But if that's where how it were to play out, that would be a hell of a of a college football playoff. Yeah, See, now, and I think now, they'd rather play each other than not be in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I. I, I yes, I agree. That scenario too. I. I'm trying to picture. Now that I, I mean, I said it out loud, but now that I'm thinking through it, having an undefeated Ohio State and an undefeated Clemson being the only two undefeated teams in this scenario, and Clemson not being number two would, would be a shocker to me. I, I don't see that happening now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I, I could see that too. I could be, I could see Ohio State 1, Clemson 2, Georgia 3, LSU 4, and yep. Yep, you still I kind guess, of get the matchup, yep. that, that, matchup that you want. Yeah. Yeah, so I... <laughs> who the fuck knows? I think the biggest thing here is like, we've been saying it's going to come down to a lot of conference championships. It's going to come down to a lot of these games coming up. I mean, Ohio state plays Penn state and Michigan back to back. Those are not easy wins and people are penciling them in to the big 10 championship game and penciling in a win there. To me, I, I just think that's a little premature. They've looked explosive, but keep, who knows? What do, what do I keep saying, man? We don't even know who they are. Well, they just haven't played anybody yet. <laughs> that's, that's factually true. Yeah, so nobody. That's my opinion on Ohio State. All right. Anything else rankings wise? No, I think after this week we'll have a. I think this week will kind of. I think this week's going to shake things up a little bit more, and I think we'll have a lot to talk about next week. So uh, let's see. I this this last week was a pretty big shakeup with with some of the the outcomes. I think this week is going to be another one of those instances. So let's let's uh, let's let's move on. Sounds good. So let's talk before we get into our uh, our picks for the week. Let's talk about Chase Young quick. So it came out uh, last week, I think, at this point, uh, right before the Maryland game. I think it was like Thursday night that Chase Young was not going to play in that game because Ohio State was suspending him. Apparently, he took out a small loan, quote unquote, small loan from a quote unquote family friend last year to be able to fly his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl game which Ohio State played Washington in. So um, he paid this all back in full, I think a few months ago, but the NCAA found out and it's breaking the rules and he was suspended by Ohio State pending further investigation, ultimately suspended four games by the NCAA, which would mean he'd be out through the end of the regular season. Ohio State has appealed that and now that is reduced to two games. So he's not going to play this week against Rutgers, but he will be back the following against Penn State. There's been a ton of discussion about this from the talking heads at ESPN, from all these sports stations that are kind of um, condemning the NCAA for doing this over such a, a minuscule um, amount or kind of a minuscule type of offense. 
What are your guys' thoughts on this? I so was like the loan through. I, I don't know. So they he said he got it from a family friend. Was it through a bank? So the family friend was also a licensed sports agent, or um, I forget what the terminology exactly was, but he was also a, a licensed licensed agent. So it's bad news for the agent because he's willingly doing this. He knows the rules. Um, I don't think it was but through like, a bank or anything. I think it was just like, like was there paperwork? You know what I mean? Like, did yeah, he give him two hundred bucks for a plane I, ticket, or was there paperwork? I just the so the thing that's that tripping me up is it, like the the term loan. You know, like when I think loan, I think paperwork. I think signing documents, and there's a paper trail. Sure. If dude just gave him two hundred dollars, like, how how do they even figure that out? Um, so I, I think it's I I think it's dumb. I'm glad it's just two games. Um, you should be able to borrow some money from your buddy and then give it back, especially if it if it was for a freaking plane ticket. So yeah. um, I, I'm okay with it. Um, obviously, um, that that's kind of where my head's at. Um, I, I think that there's just a lot of unknowns. Um, the, the the amount of the loan was never disclosed. So, are we talking he borrowed five hundred dollars for a plane ticket, or did he borrow five grand? Um, I think that is an, a very important number that I wish was disclosed, and they they came out and said because I think that changed the optics of it completely. And and the other part of me is I just I I'm sorry I do not buy that he borrowed money for the plane ticket. That is I just don't buy it. If this family friend was truly a family friend, why didn't he just give this girl the money directly? If it's a girlfriend, if it's close, if it's if it's relationships, if hey, it's my, I want to fly my girlfriend out to the Rose Bowl game. I have a really fam, close family friend. Can you loan her the money directly? That way, I'm not involved. If he didn't think that way, sure. But I, I just the optics of this just scream that there's more to this than than that's been let on and. And the two game is fine. Two game suspension is fine, whatever. But I just think that it, it's still not very clear of exactly what happened in this scenario. Well, but I think the NCAA investigated and they know and are comfortable with the two games. To me, that is kind of enough in terms of what we do know. Because you're right, we don't know the details. But I mean, I don't know that we should. Like, it's kind of a, it's been investigated, handled, taken care of, and kind of finalized. So it kind of is what it is at this point. My understanding is that it was, I'm guessing at least, that it was under $1,000. Because if you look at past, um, like Haha Clinton Dix, for example, had a similar thing where he borrowed, I think, $600 and was suspended for two games, something like that. So I'm assuming the NCAA knows and has made the decision appropriately. Um, I don't know. To me, it's just like so ridiculous. There's, there's, yeah. There's so many things. There's so many like loose ends that... It, it, you can't really have an opinion on it because we don't know the amount of money. We don't know like the loan, you know, right. it's just so many things that we'll never know. <laughs> and cards, you're right. We don't know exactly. Like we don't know that it was used for what they say it is. But I think the thing that helped chase young in this case was as soon as it was known, he came out and said that he did it. He was fully um, transparent. He was apparently very compliant with the NCAA. So, I mean, I think that helped because he truly, I don't think knew or thought that he was breaking any real rules given given the relationship that he had with this person and and the amount of money and things like that so he had to have known he was breaking your rules as a college athlete you know no matter what type of situation you're in if you're accepting money from anyone at any point it's probably not legal so your uncle can't give you five dollars for your birthday can your family I mean, friend give you five dollars for your birthday 
family friend who's a certified NFL agent. Okay. Can't give That's you five dollars for your birthday. No, Tec- okay. no, technically you can't. All right, you should work for the NCAA. That'd be a good gig for you. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Card your All NCAA. Right. Well, Chase is being freed. Good thing Ohio State has a bye week this week playing at Rutgers. So let's get into. Um, <laughs> we got some feedback going on somewhere here. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. Um, we're getting right into week 12 picks. So we're starting with Ohio State at Rutgers, the bye week. Um, this is a 2.30 kick here, Central. We've got Rutgers plus 51 at home. I've said it week after week. I'll say it again. Buckeyes minus anything. And I don't have much else. This one's pretty simple for me. Easy for me as well. I'm taking Ohio State. I will keep picking them. Uh, they are now 8-1 and one against the spread, I believe. So I'm, I'm all over Ohio State. Easy pick. Yeah, this one, although I did look at this one a little bit more because I think Ohio State made their statement last week against Maryland. They really kind of took it to them, put up the big points. But I'm still taking Ohio State. I, I, Rutgers is, is pretty bad, and it goes back to Ohio State's twos and threes still being able to put up points against Rutgers one. So I got Ohio State pretty handily. I said 63-7. to seven. Maybe Rutgers gets a late touchdown, but I'll take Ohio State in this one as well. One thing I want to touch on just real quick I forgot to mention so you mentioned Ohio State kind of laid it on uh, Maryland this week. There is a uh, a story floating around that one of the Ohio State transfers that transferred to Maryland is actually the person who broke the Chase Young story, and Maryland is the team that called him out on it and went to the NCAA. And so that this is a story is the reason that Ohio State kicks an outside kick and runs the score up like they did. Um, that's what I'm, I'm hearing in the, uh, in the blogs and whatnot. So just a fun fact. Nice. As I said, yeah, as I said before, then if that is true, I mean, that is still pretty dirty, whether he, what he did was right or wrong. It's still pretty dirty. Um, so that onside kick was very much justified if, if that isn't true, yeah. in fact, true. And then this same kid took a picture with all the Ohio state kids after the game, like on the field and everybody was screaming traitor and stuff like that. So just <laughs> behind the scenes noise from our Ohio State insider mm-hmm. um, next game Wisconsin at Nebraska Nebraska's getting 13 and a half at home uh, I kind of wish Carger would have started with this game because I, I don't know I don't know I don't know uh, I'm taking uh, Wisconsin simply because Nebraska's one and eight against the spread and I think they're kind of a trash team so uh, I'm on Wisconsin I just keep just I'm just gonna keep being a homer. I'm a self-admitted homer, um, and also Nebraska stinks, so um, I'm I'm on it easily. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Wisconsin as well. the The thing I go back to is I I think if you look at the last seven or eight times Wisconsin has played Nebraska, their running backs have averaged 200 plus yards per game. Uh, going all the way back to the Big Ten Championship game where I think Monty Ball, Melvin Gordon, and James White ran for a combined 500 yards in a score of 70-31 to 31 against Nebraska. Uh, so I, I just think we can run the ball very well. Offensive line played better last week against Iowa. So I'm looking for us to go on the road and get a big, get a big, put up a big number and uh, gain some momentum here towards the end of the season. So I have a new rule for Wisconsin. I am not trusting them to cover 
against good teams. Um, Nebraska's not good. And what we've learned from Wisconsin from early in the season is that when they play bad teams, they cover and they score a lot of points. We'll throw out the Northwestern game. Do you think, I, was do you think Iowa's? Do you think Iowa's good? Oh, um, I think they're competent and they play good defense. I don't think Nebraska is okay. either of those things. So, okay, and, and coaching I too. I don't think Scott Frost is in a position right now to coach the way that Kirk Ferentz is at, at Iowa. So, I have um, Wisconsin here as well because I just don't think Nebraska does enough to to stay close with with Wisconsin. And again, Cards running game is, in my opinion, gonna gonna go off here today. All right, next game we got Navy, the midshipmen traveling to Notre Dame uh, at. So we got Notre Dame uh, laying nine points at home. I'm going with Navy. I'm going with the midshipmen. They've been playing well. Uh, they're when when these game when these two teams play together, it's always a play against each other. It's always a close close game. Navy has been pretty competent this year. They play in a tough conference, so I think Navy keeps it close. Possibly gets a win. I just I just don't trust Notre Dame. What this really comes down to is I think Notre Dame. I don't know how the hell I said this earlier. I don't know how the hell they're ranked 16th in the college football playoff. They have looked atrocious. They haven't beaten anyone. So I think Notre Dame goes into or Navy goes into Notre Dame, puts up a fight, and possibly comes out with a win. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm on Navy too. I think both these teams are pretty much one dimensional, given Ian Book's lack of arm strength and arm talent. But I think Navy has done that one-dimensional thing as long as I can remember. And so I trust them more than I trust Notre Dame. I really think that this is just going to be a close game. And the, with both teams running the ball, it's going to be a quick game. Um, I think it's it's just going to be tight. So I don't know that they win outright, but I want Navy here plus the nine. Uh, I'm on Navy as well. Uh, they it, Navy keeps games close, and Notre Dame doesn't blow teams out. So uh, this is the first time Navy's been ranked in a while. So uh, I'm, I'm on Navy, um, kind of like what you guys said. I, I expect Notre Dame to win this game, but I don't expect them to co- cover nine points. Uh, so I, I'm on Navy as well. Well, we are in agreement for all three of our picks so far, which is pretty wild. Um, so game number four, we got Wake Forest at Clemson. Clemson is favored at home here by 32 points. So a big Big spread here for uh, Wake Forest, who was ranked, I believe, like 16th last week, is now unranked. Um, but I have Clemson here. So I think Clemson is clearly the, the better team. They can score points really quickly, um, and they've only given up 11 points per game this year. So, yeah, they had their scare against UNC, but you know I think they, they've bounced back, and they, they have that chip on their shoulder from being left out of the top four, at least I would if I were them. So I want Clemson here. Um to win very big at home over over a, a wake team that is coming off of a, a loss and i just i don't think they have it so give me clemson yeah uh wake forest ranked last week then they lose to Vatek. uh i i think clemson is like what the hell are you guys doing we need to you guys have to stay in the top 25 so Agreed. we have Agreed. a quality win on our record for so sure i think clemson was more pissed about that loss than wake forest uh so i'm also on clemson i think they're just they just are going to have to continue to blow the brakes off people uh, just because their their schedule is so crappy. Uh, so I think they pour it on. Um, they cover that 32. It's a huge number, but they're at home uh, back in the top four. I think, I think they cover that 32. I'm going to take Wake Forest. 
This is going against normally I, I've been picking I've been picking Clemson. I, I agree. I think they've been they've been blowing people out lately, but starting to come back down a little bit. I th- I I know Wake Forest the the key piece of information I think I heard is Wake Forest has a key wide receiver that's that's out, uh, which makes me a little bit more nervous with this pick, but someone's got to give Clemson this is more of a hopeful pick than necessarily one that's the smart pick but I'm, I'm hoping that Wake Forest just gives them a game someone gives them a game uh, and, and Wake Forest is supposedly the second best team in the ACC right now so <laughs> yeah but like I mean <laughs> this, is, this is their only hope so I'm I'm thinking that maybe Wake Forest can can bounce back after a tough loss at Vatek. Vatek was playing I think Bud Foster was was getting retired was getting retired it was his last game at home. There's a lot of emotion for Vatek. I'll I'll throw that one out and look that look that as a a look ahead game for Wake Forest and, and say they come out ready to play this week. Man, number two in the ACC is not a thing you want to be this year. Well, I guess you do, but like it's not anything special. Uh, one fun fact: one Tyler C from The Bachelor played at Wake Forest, played football. So shout out to all the Bachelor fans out there. Which Tyler's that? Tyler C, the one that like all the girls love this week this year. A bunch of basic white kids. Yeah. Uh, next game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Georgia at Auburn. Uh, Auburn's getting three points at home. So everything. This was my question mark game of the week. So I have a new theory for my question mark game of the week. Whatever team I think is gonna cover or, or win or whatever, I go against that. Whoa. So the plus the plus three at home uh, with for Auburn. Um, that it just seems too good to be true. They're seven and two against the spread this year, which is crazy. Uh, I'm taking Georgia uh, minus three. I think they they just got into the the, the uh, playoff number four ranked team. I think that they they in order for them to stay in there, they have to win this game, and I think they're going to be driven to do that. So uh, I'm on Georgia minus three. I'm taking Georgia minus three as well. I think Georgia still has something to prove. I think their defense is really good, and I think their defense turned a corner when they went up against Florida. I think they kind of took that bye week and kind of regrouped and said, okay, we still have everything in front of us. We still have a lot to play for. Let's let's turn it up a notch and go get what we what we set out for the season to do. So um, does it make me nervous? Yeah, I think, I think Auburn's a pretty good team. Going to Jordan-Hare is never easy. So I, I think this is just going to be another great game this week. But I think I think Georgia's defense comes up big, gets a stop, forces the freshman into some bad situations, and comes out with a victory, and they get back to, to scoring some points. I'm on Auburn here. I think the big thing is Auburn at home. Like you said, Jordan-Hare is a tough place to play. And I think – I don't know who said this, but there aren't no freshmen anymore. I mean, this is Bo Nix's sophomore year out here. Um, to me, Auburn has played teams well and tight and covered spreads other than the Florida game. Um, and uh, another one, apparently, if they're 7-2, and two, says Nick. So I just trust – Auburn has been, like, the hardest team, I think, for me to call this this entire year. You don't really know – at least I don't really know Agreed. week to week what to expect or, like, what they're going to bring – I'm hoping Bo Nix has one of these games where he doesn't make mistakes and he manages the game and that defense carries them along. Um, I I really like their defense. And so I think that and playing at home is going to carry them. At least I'm hoping it's, it's a tight game here. So give me Auburn plus three at home. Home dog of the week. And, oh, Karch, sorry, you had the next one. Next game, we got Minnesota going to Kinnick. 
at Iowa. Iowa is a three-point favorite, which I guarantee you the public is going to be all over Minnesota coming off that big win, thinking Minnesota is going to be great. But Iowa is doing their blackout at Kinnick. It's late November. This is a prime time for an upset where Iowa normally pulls one out. So I got Iowa here at home covering the three points. I know their offense hasn't been great. I know that their defense is outstanding. Uh, I think they do challenge Minnesota and make them, you know, kind of, you know, give them a tough time on the on the defensive side of things. But weird things happen at Kinnick at nights, and that's kind of the only theory I got with this one. So I'm taking Iowa covering the three at home. If this game started late late night, I'd I'd be right there with you. Um, so it's a three start three o'clock start central. I'm on Iowa here, uh, or I'm sorry, Minnesota. I'm on Minnesota. I think Iowa is a tough place to play, obviously. We know that. Um, I, I just think, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think this matchup of coaches is one that these coaches get the most from their players, like I said earlier. And I, I really think that Minnesota has more offensively than Iowa does. And, you know, Minnesota proved last week that they can move the ball against one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. And so I really just, I'm going to choose to trust that they can do that again, albeit on the road in Iowa in a tough place to play. I just, I want to believe that Minnesota can, um, can, can, I think they win outright, but the, the three points helps too. So give me Minnesota. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Carter. I think the public is definitely going to be on Minnesota. Um, I am following for it as well. I'm I'm taking those three points. I you know Iowa plays close games. Uh, they don't always win those close games, but I I think I think that they could win this game by one or two, and Minnesota still covers that spread. Uh, I I just think Minnesota's on a hot streak right now. They're they're playing too well to pick against a team that's getting points. So uh, I'm on Minnesota um, as well. And I I mean it'll be dark by the end of the game, but the blackout's kind of dumb at three o'clock. So. Um, it- It'll be dark after the first quarter. It starts I mean, at three. It'll be like what four o'clock. I mean, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty dark by at least halftime. But yes, I, I well, agree. It's not, hopefully, it's, Minnesota's not winning by forty at that point. <laughs> I mean, I don't if, know about forty. If, if Minnesota does win this game, I mean, that definitely ends the. I don't want to say ends the Badger season, but does not give them any hope to get to the big. Uh, win the Big Ten West at that point. So uh, this well, is actually has implications all around the division. Carter. Carter, we lost to Illinois. <laughs> I, but, I I understand that, but you still want to play for the division. I said this. But from a, this from a from if we're talking actual facts, that would be the case, right? A Minnesota win here means that they go to the Big Ten championship, correct? Um, if they or don't, or that lose Wisconsin to Iowa. doesn't. Uh, I mean, unless the, so, if Minnesota right. beats Iowa and then they beat and then they, Northwestern, yes, and okay. then it doesn't. Gotcha. The game doesn't matter. Gotcha. Okay. Wow, big game then. I mean, it's a big game regardless. We're playing, but... we're playing for an axe. We're playing for an axe. No doubt. All right, moving on. Game number seven on our board. We got Oklahoma at Baylor. Baylor is at home and favored, or excuse me, and receiving 10 points. This is a night game. Starts at 630 Central. I am on Oklahoma here. So I mentioned this earlier too, but Oklahoma's defense just hasn't been great the past two games, giving up those 40 points per game. But I also I just don't think Baylor's that good um i have oklahoma going into waco i have winning by like 14 to 17 points or so i just think that 
if you're Oklahoma, you kind of have to have one of those games where you you start to prove people um, or prove yourself here and start to make your point for the college football playoff. Because if you if you have the games like you had last week at Iowa State um, consistently over the next couple weeks, you are not even going to be in contention. So I think they know that, um, and, and they get going here and, and win by a couple touchdowns. Uh, so I kind of Oklahoma. We've kind of been saying that all week or all week, all year. They that they need to start blowing teams out or start doing something to really make a name for themselves or at least be considered for the top four. Um, and they just haven't done it. Even like even the games they've won have been relatively close. So. Uh, normally I would take Oklahoma. I do think that they are the better team. Um, I, I'm not super impressed with Baylor, but plus 10 at home, I got to take the home points at some point. Uh, and in this case, it happens to be, um, an undefeated Baylor. So, uh, I'm, I'm on Baylor plus 10. Uh, this is kind of my out of the box pick of the week. I, I would, I would not normally pick a Baylor, squad to to beat Oklahoma because I do think they're a better team but Oklahoma to me just has not proven it yet this year so I'm, I'm on Baylor plus 10 yeah Nick I kind of I definitely agree with you this is Baylor has been winning games by shoestrings I mean they went to what triple overtime with TCU they barely yeah. came you know came away with again a win against West Virginia they've gone to overtime with Iowa State they they went to you know they barely they beat Oklahoma State because of a couple of late fluke fumbles. So Baylor has gotten to this point. I don't want to say by luck, but there's definitely been some some luck involved. So I think Oklahoma goes into Baylor finally gets a a, time, a, a team that they know that they need to beat by a, a big score and they put it on them. Jalen Hurts comes out has I don't want to say a Heisman moment, but really shows out, puts up a big number, and Oklahoma walks away with a big win. Uh, showing that they they still have hope for the college football playoff. And the one thing I'll say, too, is that Oklahoma winning by one point last week, I think it's important to say that they were up 42-21 to with, uh, I I think, in the end of the third, it was Um, Mm 42-21. You just can't let Iowa State score three touchdowns. It's just, I mean, it's that defense that needs to play a, a full game, and I think that they have the potential to do that. Right, and that's been kind of Oklahoma's mo. I mean, I didn't want to get too much of a rant, but Oklahoma yeah. has gotten up on teams, and they've just let them back in because their defense isn't great. And and I know I still don't think their defense is good, but I don't right. think Baylor's offense is good enough to take advantage of it. And I sure. don't get me wrong; I think Baylor is going to keep this game competitive. It's going to be a close game, but I do think Oklahoma pulls away fourth quarter, scores two or three touchdowns late, and is still able to to cover that ten points. All right, I'm hoping that none of that stuff happens. Uh, last game, last game of the week, uh, Indiana at uh, Penn State. Um, Indiana's getting 14 points on the road. Uh, I'm on Penn State, so I, I think that uh, they they have to have a bounce back uh, game after losing to Minnesota last week. I think this will actually be a pretty good test of of who Penn State is and. Um, kind of how they do bounce back, and, and I think it's a testament to Minnesota as well. If they if they blow out Indiana, I think that gives even more validity to how good Minnesota is. So uh, I'm on Penn State. I think they have to win this game by more than two touchdowns, um, and, and and I think they do. So I, I'm on Penn State um, for the last game of the week. Yeah, I got I got Penn State as well. I think at this game it just comes down to. 
James Franklin probably was in his team's ear all week saying, hey, we got everything in front of us still to play for. We went out. We still have a chance to go to the college football playoffs. So, so the motivational factor is definitely there. Um, I think Penn State uses that. Indiana's good. I, I, I think that this is probably a better Indiana team. I think they are going to give Penn State some fits, but um, I, I think Penn State is able to to pull this one away and, and show, hey, hey, we still are a good team and we do still need to be considered, and that matchup next week is actually going to mean something. Yeah, I'm with you both. I'm on Penn State here. So I, I do think, Cards, you kind of alluded to it, that Indiana is better than they've been in the past, but I think their their record is 7-2, and two, which is good. Their wins are over UConn, Rutgers, Maryland, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ball State, and Eastern Illinois. They lost to Ohio State 51-10, which I was there. No big deal. It was probably the reason they lost so big. But they also lost to uh, Michigan State, who is struggling this year pretty bad. So I just don't trust Indiana to do enough against this Penn State team who, you know, if if they have any guts at all, they're just pissed off and they want to come out here at home and kind of pour it on a team and just take some anger out. So I'm on Penn State here to cover that 14 at home. This is an 11 o'clock um, central kick as well, so no whiteout or anything, but still should be um, a good showing by Penn State, at least in my opinion, and according to all of us. So that's our board. Picks are in. Feel free to fade as you will. Um, but I wouldn't, actually, because all three of us went three for three, or I guess we all won our locks of the week last week. Hey. So I had Cincy over UConn, who is my bitch now. Um, Nick had Purdue plus two and a half. They won outright. And Card, you had Baylor minus two. Uh, that Purdue Northwestern game was 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 crazy. So that was a good pick, Nick. I, that yeah. was a way to way to gut that one out. <laughs> I feel bad that we had to actually watch that game though, because no, we turned it on right as the kick went in. <laughs> we had to find that game first. Yeah. Not great. So let's talk. Um, oh, the records. So Karge and Nick, you're both six and five on the year, and I'm five and six. So you guys are not over five hundred. No, it, yeah, it, it's not, been worse. It's been worse yeah. this year. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, oh yeah, for you specifically. All right, so start us <laughs> off, Karge. Get this uh, win streak lock, going. Yeah, my lock of the week this week is going to be UCLA plus twenty one at Utah. Um, UCLA has covered three straight games. They're playing better under Chip Kelly. I think they kindly figured out the figured out his offense, um, and I think they can they can score some points against Pat, uh, Utah's pretty good defense. So I by no means do I think they have a chance to win this game, but I think they can score enough points to cover the twenty one. Uh, I am taking. <laughs> I just lost it. Yeah, and uh, I realized I was just on mute. Uh, yeah, I never. I was never in doubt with that that Purdue game. Uh, even when they were losing, I, I <laughs> never, never in doubt. I didn't sweat that at all. Um, I am taking Alabama minus 19. Sorry. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, against minus 19 against Mississippi State at Mississippi State. I think Alabama – I don't think Mississippi State's good, first off. Um, and I think that Alabama, um, after losing a, a very tough game – has a bounce back game. Two is a little bit healthier, um, and they just absolutely demolish Mississippi State, I, like a, a routing. So I'm all over Alabama. I'm feeling really good after after my Purdue pick. Um, I, I, I like this a lot. I like that too, actually, a good amount. 
But I'm, I'm I like having... it too if, if Tua is playing because he is listed as questionable, and I don't think he practiced today. So um, as long play. as he plays, I really, really like that pick. Is there a reason you play him? Like, uh, no. Why do you, I mean, why do you no, play that's, him? That's my biggest fear. You, because I don't think I think whoever the backup quarterback is for Alabama can go in there and and do just fine, and I don't think Ole Miss could score. So no matter what, I think yeah. Alabama would win. Mississippi State. Yeah, fair. Okay, so guys, UConn is my bitch, as you know. They're on a bye this week, so I'm struggling here. Um, <laughs> but I've decided I'm going to take Florida minus seven at Missouri. So I don't like Florida very much, but I also don't think that Missouri is very good. So I'm going to take Florida to go to Missouri and win by more than a touchdown. I don't mind that pick at all. Well, thank you. It's probably going to lose now. Well, you're welcome. You said the same thing to my pick. I know. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, so that that moves us on to the coin flip game of the week. So uh, we're getting off the Mac um, this week strictly because uh, there's games going on right now. Um, and last week, while we, when we flipped with games going on, the favorite lost, and we were on the favorite. So uh, we are going over to the to Conference USA. We're going Louisiana Tech Ooh. at Marshall. Marshall, Ooh. actually, this line, this line has just moved. Um, it's actually a Louisiana, really good game. I know. Louis, well, it's interesting. So Louisiana Tech is 8-1 on the season. Marshall's 6-3. But Marshall's favored by 4.5 points. So I thought it was an interesting game. Yeah. Even though the, the spread's not like our, you know, as close as normal. Um, I, I thought it was a, it'd be a cool game to follow. And it's a Friday night game. So um, it, it'd be a fun fun game to follow along with. So uh, Marshall's the home team. So their heads. Coins in the air. Go herd. And it is tails. So right. we are on Louisiana Tech. What's the mascot? Something blue. Um they're not uh, the raging. No, they're blue are and they red. The no, that's Louisiana Lafayette. Um, that's Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, LA Tech. Who is that? I don't know. Like the calculators, maybe. Oh, you don't know either. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I'm not. Does anybody yet. know? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, it says it just says Champ and Tech. What? What does that mean? I don't know. The Tech. the second question is is Louisiana Tech a Division One school? Oh, they're the Bulldogs. <laughs> Bulldogs. Okay, there you go. Better, better than whatever you said. Nice. Okay. No, it says it says the oh the mascots name are Champ and Tech. Oh, <laughs> so damn! That's the next question. <laughs> uh, sorry, everybody. <laughs> that's straight up, right? Name. We have them straight up to beat Marshall. Yep, straight up, straight Ooh. up. Yep. I might dabble on that. Nice. Let's do it. Louisiana Tech, eight and one. Good season. All right. Do we have anything this week, Nick? For our, our good friend oh, I do. over there. Oh yeah. So our, and so yeah. Moving right into our um, our Carger. What are, what are we calling it? The I don't know. Carger media rant of the week. We got a it's workshop, really, it, but that works. Yes, Carger that works for now. It's not a, it's not necessarily a rant, um, but I just I th- this is recently uh, about seven hours ago to be exact. Carger retweeted Wings Over Milwaukee twice. <laughs> Nice. Um, oh, yes, I should. <laughs> oh, Happy hold up. Wings Shout out to Wings Over Milwaukee. Let's get them as a sponsor because that <laughs> Yo, is what we Milwaukee. need. Let's do it. I was 
I was craving some wings and I opened up Twitter and they had give, just given away their, their Wednesday giveaway and I was like, well, let me see when the next one is and see if I can get in on that. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, so the tweet is, uh, happy wings over Wednesday, retweet this for a shot at a free pound of boneless wings, must follow to be eligible to win. My, I guess my question is, it's not a really a rant, but my question is, why did you retweet it twice? <laughs> Because if you look at it, one's from the Wings over Milwaukee and one's over Wings over Madison. Oh, oh you're going to go up to right. Madison to get your get your pound of wings? Um, no, but, you know, they were right next to each other, so I figured might oh, as well. Man. Follow both of those? <laughs> so good. I mean, oh, I, went, God. I went to school in Madison and they had it there, and then I moved back to Milwaukee and they had it here. So, yeah, I follow both of them. Over or under, how many wing places do you follow? Uh, two. Ooh, I mean, I'm... I'm Ooh, I'm probably wait, actually, like three or four at least. Yeah, Buffalo Buffalo Wild Wings gets it to three, so I'd have to say I'd have to search if I am over three, but I would say at least three. Those three. All right, we'll set we'll set the line at three then. Okay, I like that. Okay, I'm gonna I'll, take the dig, over. Tune in. I'll, tune in next week. I'll dig through <laughs> and see if I can find anyone else. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, good rant this week. Yeah, let's talk final thoughts. Right, Cards, start us spicy. off. Uh, final thoughts. All right, I got um, we got another good week of college football here, so let's let's enjoy this. College football rankings are starting to come out. Conferences are starting to get decided. Uh, let's let's just have some good football games and, and enjoy it. We only got a couple weeks left, so um, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, my my sentiments are kind of the same. I, I I'm it's kind of that point in the season where after every late night. West Coast game is over on Saturday night. I get a little sad because I know another another day is done of college football, and that just means we're getting closer to the end of the season. Uh, it's kind of uh, bittersweet, but um, I'm, I'm glad that the games and the the, the traction is starting to heat up, um, and I'm and I'm glad we we're actually have some close games and some crazy stuff going down the line. So um, excited for another fun weekend of college football, um, but sad that it's going to be over soon. Absolutely. Love it. So my la- my final thoughts are going to just be one more shout out to Joe Burrow. Um, this is a guy who sat behind JT Barrett at Ohio State. He sat behind Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State. He transferred to LSU. He had a subpar season last year and he comes out and is just the absolutely um, in the front of the line for the Heisman. And so he's just he's played his ass off. He's played incredible and um, went into Alabama and just got the job done. So Big shout out to Joe um, from all of Buckeye Nation. Uh, very fun to watch him last week. And so with that, we're going to say goodbye. We welcome in the University of Minnesota marching band. As you all know, the Gophers had a huge win last week to upset the number four Penn State Nittany Lions. Shout out to Zach. They get our outro for the week. So Skyuma, we'll see you next week. Go Bucks. I'm Wisconsin.